Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Dermot O'Sullivan and I'm a Headstuff Plus supporter. The reason I like listening to this show is that it covers a wide range of really interesting topics that I otherwise might not know about. And it does so in a really accessible and lighthearted way. You are listening to Basically. Hello and welcome to Basically. I am your host, Stephanie Preisner, and today we have another episode following on in our sort of fertility series requested by listeners. And today I have with me, not in studio, but over Zoom, Dr. Bart Kuchera, who is a consultant in the Beacon Care Fertility Clinic. Dr. Bart, thank you so much for joining us. Um, You are going to tell us everything we need to know, but didn't know how to ask about egg donation. Am I right? Yes, indeed. Thanks for having me. You're so very welcome. Um, So I guess to start, who would the typical candidates for egg donation be? Most obvious answer is women who can no longer produce eggs. These are menopausal women and they can be menopausal at typical age, you know, uh, around 50. That would be rare. Uh, In the 40s, women are, you know, more and more often menopausal and 1% below the age of 40. The other group of patients will be those who tried IVF with their own eggs multiple times and had no success, or they were advised that the eggs or embryos by their development did not reach the appropriate stage. There will be few cases, occasional, that women carry a problem like a disease where they cannot produce the egg physically. There's ovulatory problem or egg maturation arrest or empty follicle syndrome. Um, Occasional cases for mitochondrial diseases, that's where inheritance is genuinely through the eggs on the female line, and these are deadly and very tragic situations. So to substitute the diseased eggs with healthy ones. And historically, also women who carried other chromosomal or genetic mutations uh, to stop the transmission to the next generation. So in all of these cases, it seems like there must be a lot of investigations um, ahead of the decision to to get a donor egg. Like we had, Indeed. we've done an episode um, about sperm donors and there was, you know, sort of three types of people who would present same sex female couples or individual women on their own. But it seems that egg donation is is all is mostly in a case where the egg is their investigations have been done and the woman's egg is just simply not sufficient or not uh, compatible. Indeed. Um, but having said that, you know, there is also something called reciprocal donation. So same-sex couples sometimes are of diverse age and the younger woman would donate the egg to her older patient, her partner, sorry, partner to, to carry uh, the baby. So these things also happen with regards to eggs. Okay, so within the same-sex couple, the you can donate one to another because one of them wants to carry it 
wants to exactly. carry the pregnancy and it might not be the person whose egg is the best um yes the the, the best one there um okay great so um can you get an egg donor in in ireland so that would be the known donor from the relationship right okay so in principle the answer is yes however if you're talking about the most commonly understood non-related donor scenario um most of these programs are based on donors from outside of Ireland. Okay, our program is based on the donors from the care group in UK. We are part of the big group of clinics, um, but also every now and then we have uh, sister to sister donations. So these are another case of known donors. Um, and actually, you know, it's it's I would say common, but every year we have three four couples with such arrangement. Um, most of most of programs are coming from abroad, though. Okay, and so is it that like your clinic is connected to the UK, but another clinic might be connected to, or can a couple choose where they want their egg to come from? No, they cannot. So we we work with our egg bank. Care group has a care uh, care egg bank, and we work uh, with this bank, and that's where our eggs come from. So we keep a hand on you know the whole process from donor recruitment through egg collection through embryo creation and embryo transfers. And so do do they pick so if you need to get a donor egg do you have to like pick the person and then ask for the egg or is there like a bank of people who have just donated and you can buy one of those? Okay, there is there is a patient's pathway in place. So one of the parts is a donor matching process. And this is not um, you know an open access potential recipient picking up donors, you can be given an opportunity to pick between two or three different donors. But in general, uh, it is the clinic's duty to find a proper match based on some basic characteristics. Um, We have to understand one thing, because we are having a cross-border cooperation here, we have to marry two systems. And in UK, they have special requirements, so do we. Uh, One of the requirements is to avoid designer eggs or designer babies so you cannot be too picky and it's based typically on very essential characteristics with the physique being questioned and um, that's how we pick the donors so basically if if the woman who is seeking the egg so like i'm tall and i have dark hair they would those would be the characteristics but maybe not down to the detail of my, I don't know, my skin color, my eye color, or is that also? <laughs> these are, yeah, so these these are basic characteristics. Color of your eyes would be taken in consideration. Your complexion would be taken in consideration. But, you know, as much as it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, available, we wouldn't go too deep into, you know, three generations of okay. third degree education. Okay, okay. Yeah. And this this is the designer egg concept or designer sperm as well. And this is not something that UK favors and not, not, not do we. Okay. And so if somebody, so say somebody presents to you and they have um, either, let's say they've been through a cancer treatment and they don't have any ovaries or, or they have multiple failed attempts at IVF. So they come and they sit in front of you and you say to them, I think the only way forward is for you to get an egg donation. Um, from that moment, what is the process like? We have a signed team of people who deal with egg donation. So there are nurses and coordinators in every clinic. Um, 
what will happen is, you know, you will have a special um, basic assessment for, for fertility treatment before any special things start. So a scan, blood tests, and semen analysis, the essentials that are always, you know, required. And then, you know, um, you have to attend for implications counseling. Uh, in Ireland, as much as in UK, we have this requirement for people using gametes, third-party parenting, as it's called, um, they have to go through a structured consultation with the counselor to address emotional, social, family issues known to exist around donation. How would the family be supportive or not? Um, disclosure or non-disclosure of donation to the near ones. All these things will be discussed at the consultation. And I will receive a cert that a couple or a woman attended for. Uh, such uh, such uh, assessment and then the things will move on with the questionnaire being sent over to take the basic characteristics and then to match it with actual um, donor uh, bank data um, if we have no person available uh, we will need to wait simply okay and in so when we did the sperm donation uh, episode, they told us that like from that moment of sitting deciding you need a donor egg or a donor sperm until you get the sperm is about two to three months. Um, they get them from I don't know Denmark or somewhere. Uh, Denmark. What is the what is the length of time to to receive those eggs into your Beacon Care Fertility Clinic? It's longer. Um, we, you see, part of the problem is that COVID hit us hard, okay. and there was initially a full closure for nearly three months and then treatments were allowed before uh, donors could be recruited so there was a point in time when we literally had uh, end of the bank supply okay. it's only now that is recovering and the patients were obviously coming you know they are lined up and we are still working through our waiting list so we're talking about months even over a year sometimes to achieve such treatment um the other thing is that last year in May, despite all the COVID situation, um, Irish legislation has changed. Um, the postulated donor registry was put in place. And some of the donors, like people were, you know, in the process of, of receiving eggs. And some of the donors were not agreed to Irish regulations. So they had to do it retrospectively. It limited the access for the period of time. Yes, we heard that they've changed. So now um, you cannot receive um, unknown donors or donors who want to remain anonymous. Exactly. So if your donor has chosen to remain anonymous and now the Irish legislation has come in, you have to choose another donor. That's the case. Uh, and more so, you know, minor differences between the UK and Irish system. Uh, in UK, there is no enforced disclosure to the child. Whereas in Ireland, we do have it. An adult, you know, young adult, age 16, 18, applying for a passport, applying for a driving license, whenever contacts the state, will also receive additional information that she or he may pursue um, through the birth certificate. Okay. That's a huge change. Um, does that mean that some people are being put off doing this in Ireland? Yes, I mean, talking to people, I see that not everybody's, you know, comfortable with the idea of known donation or even open open donation, and they would be interested in, in anonymous donation. However, this is not 
something we can offer here. Yeah. And this is just without, you know, reference to whether it's right or wrong. This is just, just the, the legislation fact. we have. To, this is the fact we have to agree to. Taking a break from the episode to bring you an ad because this podcast is only possible because of our sponsor. Supporting our sponsor supports the podcast. And let me tell you about who they are. Rockwell's financial planning service is designed for anyone who feels as if they kind of need to just put a shape on their finances. I don't know if you're like me, you kind of feel like, oh, my finances are all over the place. I need to kind of start adulting. This is the service for you. Whether you're like a senior executive in a multinational company or a small business owner or just a young couple looking to get a head start in your financial planning, a single person who wants to make plans for their future, So they consider themselves financial doers rather than financial planners, which I really like because it's active. It's not just like um, namby-pamby sort of making a plan. doesn't matter where you are in the country. They're happy to help you in person or over Zoom. Pensions and investments are really important, but they're absolutely useless without knowing why you're using them and what you're using them for. They are in the outcomes business. They are in the business of results. So it's not just about the plan, it's about the action. So they use this like award-winning investment advice to help their clients achieve their goals. And they have a special offer for you listening right now, for basically listeners. If you go to rockwellfinancial.ie forward slash basically, you can book a complimentary financial planning session today. You'll get a cash flow model which outlines any gaps in your finances and they'll give you the first steps to achieving your specific goals. I highly recommend Rockwell and I think as a Basically listener, you should definitely check it out. It's free. It's going to put you on the right path to getting your finances in order. That's it. Go to rockwellfinancial.ie forward slash basically. Hey, if you're listening to this, you've probably noticed that this episode wasn't introduced by me. It was introduced by someone who very, very kindly supports my podcast by being a Headstuff Podcast Network member. Headstuff Plus member. Look, I don't know what it's called. Either way, they're legends. If you are one of those people and you want to introduce an episode of my show, just go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash basically. Just jumping in to tell you about another new podcast on the network that I think you're going to love. It's called They're Only Stories. Uh, It's a podcast that celebrates storytelling and the people behind the stories. So in the first season, they're celebrating all things horror. I'm absolutely obsessed with horror. So if you're into it and it's the season for it, have a listen. Each week they have a new spooky audio drama followed by an interview with the writer who wrote the drama. Just sit back, relax, listen. It's a great one to pick up. They're Only Stories. A new anthology drama podcast that celebrates stories and the writers behind those stories. I go like the hounds of hell are after me. Good to know. Premiering on the 17th of October on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Their Only Stories is produced by Riots Productions in association with the Headstuff Podcast Network and funded by the Arts Council of Ireland. Yes, you should be proud So it's over months or maybe a year, the egg comes to the clinic. And um, what is the process then like for the woman to um, to receive the egg? Um, how does that work? So the eggs are brought in batches and uh, these eggs then will be thawed and fertilized with partner sperm. Uh, once the embryos are made, the patient can prepare herself for a frozen transfer. Fresh transfer is always av- is also available, but it's a bit more uh, difficult to coordinate. And I would, fresh and frozen transfers are equally good, so there's no worry of that. There's no worry. And is that preparation similar to maybe like an IVF cycle where you 
put hormones in to prepare the body to receive it or is it more natural than that it's more like a hrt frozen embryo transfer so okay. um you know you can use a natural cycle as well but again we are talking mostly about women who don't have a reliable cycle or they don't cycle at all yes. so instead we have to use um a series of medications in a protocol which begins with supplementation of estrogen to thicken up the endometrial lining and then ripen it, maturate it with progesterone and the fixed time frame when you have your transfer from your first dose of progesterone. Typically, it takes approximately three weeks from the beginning of, of stimulation till the moment of transfer. Um, when we were doing the sperm episode, we learned that generally speaking, um, couples, they import, if that's the word, um, three straws of sperm at a time. Um, do does a, does a woman just get the one egg, one opportunity, or would they get more than one egg? She gets one opportunity, but with more eggs. Okay. <laughs> so a batch of eggs is uh, six, seven eggs from uh, donation. Um, so, you know, on the UK side, uh, the donors' uh, eggs may be split into two batches if it's like 14, 15 eggs, um, and they will be sent over into half. So we, in a very sense, one batch per one go. Okay. And do you... Six, seven eggs will be arriving to thaw them and to fertilize, convert to embryos, and then transfer. And is it typical for six or seven eggs to result in six or seven embryos, or generally less? Generally less, not not all of them, um, but typically, you know, uh, there is a guarantee of a blastocyst transfer. So uh, one to two embryos should achieve the day five or six stage where they are fully developed, suitable for uh, for transferring. Can be more. That's your luck, basically. When the luck comes to treatment, is how many of the eggs turn into usable embryos. And what if none of them happen? Well, there are some, you know, quality controls and checks. So patients will be, you know, offered a second batch of eggs. We will see at what point it fails, you know, just to to find a solution. Can 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 the patient request twi- like for more than one to be implanted for maybe twins or triplets? To ho- I know that you can't guarantee that, but if three are transferred, is that done? Very common question actually coming from the patients. Can I have two? They wouldn't ask for three. Okay. But... <laughs> But it's actually discouraged and um, the clinical standard is to transfer one embryo. The only reason why more than one embryos were used in the past two or three was because embryo quality, their survival, they were worse. And that was just to keep up some chances for a reasonable chances for a pregnancy per transfer. Uh, today, if you're transferring a single embryo uh, from a donor, your chances for a live birth are higher than 15, 20 years ago using two, three, day three embryos. So this is the progress we don't see on everyday basis, but we have to reflect every now and then. Multiple pregnancy, although in most of the cases ends up well, carries the highest risk of obstetric you know, um, complications and unfavorable outcomes, as we call them. So if we have, um, say, six eggs that turn into three blastos or three embryos three embryos yes three embryos so then at that point can the woman transfer one and then freeze two for future pregnancies this would be the the normal practice okay. you would use one the best one first obviously and retain the rest of them for future transfers um, again not every embryo will result in a baby so um, they have to be preserved as much as possible okay 
And if a woman has, so say a woman freezes four and the first one goes well and then she has a second one and then she thinks, actually, I don't I don't really want to have any more children and those two are frozen. Can she give them to somebody else or? Uh, that was not a practice until now. Uh, you know, the further donation requires uh, special regulations around it. So in that case, that would be special regulations for the donor of the sperm as well. Okay. Uh, and it would be more of a hassle than than it's worth. Normally, you would think, yeah. Oh well, it might be might be worth it doing. Uh, it's called embryo adoption, but it's not practice in Ireland. Okay. Um, and so then, w- when we were doing the sperm episode, they said that um, these three straws were generally about seven to eight hundred euro each, um, plus the cost of importing them. So for three straws, it's usually about three thousand euro. But um, I know that egg donation, I think, is a lot more expensive. How much are we talking for these six eggs? We are talking about eight thousand euros range for a protocol. You know, there might be some additional things. You need additional pretreatment tests, but eight thousand would be the core. And that, that, that doesn't include then the, the actual implanting them? No, no, that would be with the first transfer. The okay, frozen okay. embryo transfers are usually paid as separate, you know, services because it may happen two years later after a successful pregnancy, as you mentioned earlier, yeah. a woman may, may come for a second or, or third baby if she's very lucky. <laughs> um, so the, so, so the, what is the process then of um, the implantation is it just very quick i suppose it's the, the very transfer is from woman's perspective not different from taking a smear so okay. if you're familiar with taking a smear this is pretty much the same setup the technicality is a bit different but in general it's not more challenging if that's the worry yeah and do you know much about the statistics of success rates so this is actually monitored. So uh, this uh, basic six eggs protocol gives you approximately one in three chance for a pregnancy. One in three. So two in three chance of not. Yes. It, I mean, you know what? It works with the numbers. So um, if, if you have two sets of eggs, it's two out of three women having a child, right? Yes. Nearly. Um, some of them being lucky, you know, to have twins. Um if you compare it to a natural cycle, uh, not natural, but, you know, IVF cycle with own eggs. Yes. Um, that's much different because if a typical woman who avails for donor eggs would be in her mid-40s, mm-hmm. her chance with an own eggs would be, what, 3 to 5%. If she's menopausal, it's zero. So comparing 3 5% with 30 35% gives you the perspective okay, yes, of what yes. it does. If a woman is, say, um, 32, 34 years old and she's doing her own eggs IVF for genuinely male factor and she only harvests six, seven eggs, so she has lower ovarian reserve or potential, um, her chance would be at that rate, one in three. Yes, okay. Um, and so once the, the, the transfer has been done, I've heard there's this awful two weeks of waiting where you just have to wait around and see if um, what happens then after that two weeks. Yes. After the transfer, women are advised to keep up the medications until the test day uh, and they test. Yes. Two weeks after the transfer uh, for pregnancy, if the test is positive, they continue the medications for weeks um, until 12 weeks typically. And they would have a scan to confirm that their pregnancy is intrauterine, singleton or twin, and that everything looks fine. It's a viable pregnancy. We call it viability scan. 
And you're right about the two horrible weeks. This is what uh, every patient um, actually mentions, you know, retrospectively talking about her treatments in the past. This is the worst time. Yes. Well, you don't, you have no control over it. You don't know what's happening. Uh, every symptom, anything you might feel inside, you just bring out of proportion because this might mean something, not necessarily means anything. Um, and that's where we advise patients to stay busy, don't take a career break. Yes, okay. You know, and that's like, oh, should I take my holidays off? No, no, you shouldn't. Just, just stay busy. Do whatever keeps you busy. Don't overfocus on yourself because this is where it's not helpful. Actually, it's distress. Um, and what at what weeks is that viability scan? It's usually at seven weeks. Seven. And, and the uh, reason is that you know there is a good proportion of miscarriages happens until then. Even so with the, even even yeah, with well, IVF it can or, always happen. Yeah. It can always happen, um, but just to you know allow these pregnancies to settle, um, because again there is no cure for miscarriage in most of cases, so we just have to wait. Yes, um, and at what point then does does the woman, the pregnant woman, just kind of go into the normal maternity hospital like any other pregnant person? After the scan, if the scan confirms viable pregnancy, all the patients are advised to liaise with their maternity hospital or maternity service of choice. And they just receive a discharge letter until when they should be on medications and the obstetricians will just receive it. And so for, for, for people who have um, children by, uh, by egg donation, is there any um, issue with, you know, who the parents are, who legally... Um, has ownership, uh, ownership is the wrong word, but... There is no better word for it. Okay. No, the moment the donor, whether sperm or egg, um, provides the sample or provides the eggs, they waive the rights. Actually, before the egg collection happens, uh, they waive the rights to these eggs. Obviously, until they are used, they can just, you know, try to change their mind. But uh, once the eggs are expedited, that's that's just it. And, and there's both... no, there is no legal link between uh, the child and the donor, uh, neither with the commissioning parents. The only link there is, as per Irish law, is that the child can avail for information about the donor once comes of age. So if if you were pregnant uh, with a donor and um, an egg donor and you had done your viability scan and that was fine, and then you went into the normal maternity and you did not disclose to them that it was a donor. Um, Is okay, that... that's again Irish law. <laughs> uh, we have to notify, um, you know, the facts to the state. So if there is a sperm arriving or eggs arriving and there is an intention to use, it is notified. The fact of use is notified and the pregnancy is also notified. So even if the recipient does not disclose the information, finally it will be linked you know, in the backstage, let's put it that way. Okay, so you notify the state, this person got pregnant with yes, this donor. Yes, that's obligatory. That's obligatory. There is a special form that the patients have to sign. It's called parentage form. It's a uniform uh, document uh, procured by the uh, Ministry of Health uh, to all the clinics, and we have to sign it before we create a pregnancy. And But would they have to disclose it in the maternity hospital? There is no need to do that. And it's no. treated the same as any other pregnancy. Absolutely. Once the pregnancy is viable, you know, it is usually a bit higher risk pregnancy due to patient's age. Uh, but other than that, not. Do you think there's anything else that people need to know about egg donation? Um, 
the need for for donor services is is rising. We have you know advancing maternal age. Um, also, people start for family quite late. Um, quite often, they have second family in their forties and still want to have another child. Uh, these are potential recipients for donor eggs. And uh, when we we did an, a cycle or uh, we did a podcast about IVF and ICSI, and um, and IUI and the the woman explained about PGT PGTA which is like yes. testing the embryo before you implant it does that happen with egg donation or only or are they screened at the first side so that they don't need to be screened for chromosomal issues when they are made into an embryo okay they can be screened um, whether they are or not that's patient's choice so it can be arranged for okay now, what is the purpose of screening? The purpose of screening is to eliminate the embryos that have abnormal counts of chromosomes, meaning that are not compatible with the live birth. It's hard to see it under microscope, so it's a special, you know, additional service um, when the embryos have to be biopsied, as I believe you were explained. Um, but with donor eggs, because of the age of the donors, the predicted normality rate is high enough and it's not abundance of eggs here where you can make an economic argument that if you write off three embryos basically it outbalances the additional cost this is not applicable here so um, it's available special request it would be done but medically speaking it's hard to advise okay thank you so much dr bart if people want more information or uh, they want to find you or the website, where can they find Beacon Care Fertility? They can find us in the Beacon Mall. They can find us in beaconcarefertility.ie website and we're also on Instagram and Facebook. They can all direct you right. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. I'll let you get back to your job. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Dr. Bart from Beacon Care Fertility and thank you guys for listening to another episode of Basically. If you have any follow-up questions or any ideas for other topics, uh, you can email basically at headstuff.org or you can contact me on Instagram. You know, I'm always there. My DMs are getting smaller and smaller and I'm managing to get through them so you can keep on sending those in. So that's another episode done and dusted. We are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This episode was produced by Alan Bennett, our silent hero. Our music is by Only Ruin. Our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara. Catch you next week. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.